Just Fantasy Baseball Sunday episode, waiver wire episode, news and updates episode. We got we're gonna talk about some rookies that we haven't touched on in a long time. Clay man, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. How's your Sunday morning going, Colby? Uh it's good. I woke up. Um I drove with my dog to get a little coffee, which I got right here, and it's pretty chill, man. We're just quiet Sunday, Sunday morning. Gonna watch some baseball. Hopefully the Red Sox. Red Sox can pick up a series win against the Yankees in the Bronx, but man, this team is pissing me off right now. But enough about that, Clay. I want to talk fantasy baseball, and I hear you got some news and notes to go over. Yeah, I want to start doing this on occasion where I just run through some stuff that may be noteworthy. So I'm just going to go through. It takes about one minute. A lot of information in one minute, so put your ears on. No, I'm starting a timer. Ezekiel Duran now has outfield eligibility, which gives him shortstop and third base eligibility. He's been playing extremely well for a lineup that is awesome. Even in a points league, he's only owned in 20%. Perfect bench guy for you. Fill in days off. Ride him when they're playing a bad team. I love Duran. He's on my team. Joe Adele was just recently recalled um, killing the ball in AAA. We've heard that story a million times. Let's see if it can translate. Uh, Carlos Rodon's now doing is nearing a rehab assignment. Uh, Vinny P to the IL, which sucks, but you know he'd actually been struggling a little bit, so maybe he can get a rehab stint in and you know find some confidence. CJ Crone is at least a week away from baseball activities. Take that for what it's worth. Judge got hurt with a toe injury. I personally do not like any of the options. Billy McKinley, whatever the hell his name is, Billy not McKinney. interested in him. Yeah, not interested in him. That whole Yankees outfield situation is poop soup, and they just beat the Red Sox. Um, Joey Votto hit a home run in his rehab assignment. Should be up soon. Not sure about the playing time for him, how that's going to lo- look like, but something to note, Jose Quintana's set to throw live BP, and Tarek Skubal has looked absolutely fantastic in his rehab start. That's a player that we were on a couple weeks ago saying, pick him up, add him to your IL. He's looking good. He's going to return soon. Two players. I want to give a shout-out to one is Jose Abreu, who had two home runs this weekend, six hits on the weekend. He had been struggling so much. I was really excited just to see him have a little bit of success because he just seems like an awesome guy, and I love him as a player. Gunnar Henderson, a player I want to touch on, I know you do as well. So that's kind of where the discussion will start. Gunnar Henderson, seven for his past 14, small sample size, two home runs, two stolen bases. This is a guy who's been dropped recently. He's been underperforming and was dropped, and now he's only owned in about 50% of leagues. I picked him up in my 10-man league. I think if he's available, he's such a good pickup, not only because he can help your team, but, 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 there are so many shortstops that were drafted that have struggled so much that you could probably flip him if you keep him for a while and he gets back to the player that we know he could be. Like, that could be a good trade asset that may be available in your league. I'm trying to think of more, like, players you could pick up that could seriously become trade assets. And, like, 
I think that's one of them for sure. Yeah, speaking of shortstops that suck, Javier Baez is rocking a 496 OPS over the last month, and I'm just going to take my victory lap now. I said it. I'm not drafting Javier Baez with a gun to my head. I'm not drafting him. And stay far away, because if he does win the MVP award, great. You you watch him do that, but he sucks. And I'm just... I picked him up for his one two-week heater and dropped him the second he struck out like three times in, in the game. Like, I knew right then I'm going to drop him, even though he's been playing well. That was a month ago. This guy's terrible. He's not going to see the end of that contract. I think that they literally move on from him before they, <laughs> they DFA him contract. at some point. They, they might. I'm serious. There's so like, much money on that contract. Though. Dude, he has like five years left. But anyways, I do want to touch on Gunnar Henderson, Clay, because Gunnar coming into the season was, you know, one of my favorite prospects debuting. He debuted last year, but what he showed in the minor leagues, what he showed in his debut was a patient approach, a ton of power in that bat and the ability to hit the ball in the air on the line um, and which should allow him to hold an a pretty decent average, despite the fact that he does strike out 25 to 30% of the time. But he's a guy that can sustain that, and he's finally showing that. In his last 106 plate appearances, Clay, he has a 260 average, six home runs, three stolen bases. Two of those did come the other night against the Royals. So, like, I'm always a little weary when when things like that. I'm like, why did he steal twice in a game? Like, maybe they're just preying on Salvi. I don't know. Um, regardless, he does have a little speed. But he hit in the leadoff spot for the first time. He has a 55% hard hit rate over the last month. Um, so I'm very excited about what Gunnar Henderson's doing at the plate right now. Um, this, remember, guys, is the number one prospect in baseball coming into this season. Like, this is not just some, like, oh, he's a top prospect. No, he was the top prospect. And he's 21 years old and finally starting to get it going here. So, yeah, if he was dropping your league, man, pick him up now. Another top prospect just recently recalled that I know you want to talk about is Jordan Walker. Um, since June, he so so he was recently recalled, I think like May 30th or whatever it was. In June, he has 14 balls hit over 100 miles per hour exit velos. Um, since returning 286, 355, 536, two home runs, only two strikeouts, 28 plate plate appearances. Now, now before we get too excited. He was kind of hitting against some Reds pitching this weekend at home, or excuse me, um, at Great American, like eh, a little different. But um, Jordan Walker, man, really talented player, just like you were saying. This isn't James Outman. Nothing against James Outman. But this isn't, you know, 26-year-old prospect who's good, but, you know, well, here's the top five prospect in baseball. Electric. Yeah, here's the difference. James Tools. Outman was like the 73rd ranked prospect on our top 100 list coming into the season. Jordan Walker was legitimately four or something. I don't even know if it was four, but it was like top five. He might have been two. I don't know. I think it was actually two. The problem with Jordan Walker, and you touched on the positives, he's hitting the crap out of the ball. Ever since he's come up, every ball that he's put into play has been over 100 miles an hour. He, strike, he struck out just twice. The problem that Jordan Walker dealt with when he first came up and what he's still dealing with is he's putting everything on the ground, a 57% ground ball rate since he came up. So, yes, he's hitting the crap out of the ball, but a lot of those balls are on the ground, which for a guy like him, it's like hit the ball in the air a little bit more, man. You would be so much better. I honestly don't know the answer to this question. Is that like 
maybe something that's just like maybe going to take some time to just adjust to just squaring balls up more, you think? And like, because we know he can do it. Yeah, I think that's just a product of him being a 21 year old. And I'm not, and he's not 21 in 10 months. He's 21 and 20 days old. Like, he is such a young player that's having to, you know, cheat a little bit at the major league level. And we do see that. And another guy I want to touch on that's dealing with the same issue is Brett Beatty. He yeah. has a ground ball rate over 55% over the last month. Yes, he's hitting the ball hard, a hard hit rate near 50%. But again, he's struggling so bad right now because all of that hard contact is coming on the ground. So he's not able to activate off of that raw power. I think he's he's a player I've had on and off my roster all year. And when I've watched him recently, I think this was on Friday or Thursday. I, I don't remember. The past couple of days I watched him and – Man, he sure got looking, and he just did not look confident or comfortable. I like, think he's I a little if, checked out. Yeah, like, I think he's starting to get in his own head a little bit. And you know what? I I, I don't want to say that, actually. Like, I don't know what's going on with his head. Who knows? But just watching his at-bats at times, he's really pressing. So, to me, it's, it's not a guy that I want to have on my roster right now. So, I wanted I to know. bring him up, yeah. But that's definitely like the watch list type where like in the mornings I'm checking around and seeing like, oh, how do you do? And OK, maybe he's put together a good six game stretch or something. There's there's something to watch there because he has that talent that can click at any moment, um, but it just hasn't yet. So back to Jordan Walker for a second, because I think <laughs> I think there could be a very unique sell high opportunity in redraft leagues with Jordan Walker here soon, like. Let's see if he continues this over the next week. And if he does, I would say pounce on trying to sell him high um, because I just do not see that ground ball rate being sustainable for what you you can get more value for Jordan Walker right now than he's probably going to give you in the long run this season. I'm just talking merely this season. If you're in a dynasty league, keeper league, like it's definitely different because, like I said, he's a 21 year old and he's going to be a superstar. I don't question that, but I this year, I don't think he's going to deliver that type of value. Um, Clay, another sell-high opportunity that I'm seeing right now is Francisco Alvarez. Nine home runs over the last month. Yes, the strikeout rate has dropped over that span. Now 21% over that span. And he's actually hitting the ball in the air um, a decent amount. But he has a 36% home run per fly ball rate over that span. And he's just not hitting the ball hard enough to to sustain a 30 Nobody consistent he hit a few in Coors run for fly ball rate during that time he had a few in Coors that may have helped his his stats a little bit but he's on my team and I like the player I guess it just depends on your catcher situation within your league I, th- I always think catcher is so tough to like gauge um I would consider selling high if you have someone you can pick up that's reasonable but if you're in a deeper league you may not be able to sell high I mean no I have this Connor is like a perfect segue. No, 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 no. Uh, Garver. Okay, yeah. So I wanted to touch touch on this. Good segue, Colby. This is somebody on our way our waiver wire pickups for this week. Mitch Garver owned in only five percent of leagues. Now he's only DH eligible at this time on ESPN. It may be different in whatever format you're on. He's already halfway to catcher eligibility. So he has five games at catcher. You need 10 in ESPN. Here's the deal with Mitch Garver. Garver, He's never freaking healthy. He strikes out a lot, and he has a lot of power. 
Like that's just all you need to know. But, 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 but the reason why I like him more this year than any other year is that freaking Rangers lineup, man. They're just putting up runs after runs after runs. Everyone looks great. Even if he's not, even if he is like the typical player that he is, I think the run production is just going to be better because every time you turn on a Rangers game, they have runners on first and third. They have Marcus Simeon hitting them in. They have Corey Seager going five for five on Saturday. This team's electric offensively, and it's just one of those lineups that I'm picking up anybody I can that makes even an ounce of sense in that lineup. Okay, my question, though, Mitch Garver hit two home runs in his first game back, six RBIs. He has three RBIs since then. Yeah. I don't know how to, like, take it right now, but he's... I just don't think you'll find many catching options owned in 5% of leagues or even less than 20 that has the potential run upside. RBIs, runs, even home runs with him. Like, there's just not a lot. He hit 31 home runs back in 2019 and has basically been on pace to do just that in like every other season. So, yeah, I'm yeah, like if he stays healthy in this Rangers lineup, it's very, very dangerous. I'm like a mix of him and Jonah. Man, this Rangers team is insane. And and we kind of glossed over Ezekiel Duran there, but Ezekiel Duran is going off 318 average. You know who could really use Ezekiel Duran right now is the New York Yankees, and they traded him for two months of Joey Gallo or a year and a half of Joey Gallo, but regardless did not go well. Um, let's see. I have a couple more prospects that I wanted to gloss over clay. Um, I wanted to ask you about Andrew Abbott. Yeah. So he's he on the way shoved into in two straight outings. Um, but I just wanted to get your opinion. How real is that going yeah. forward? What is your opinion of Andrew Abbott? So it was two starts like 11 innings or so, something like that, and zero earned runs. We don't need to get into the stats for two starts. Here's what you need to know about him. He has really, really great strikeout stuff. Now, it may not look like that right off the bat when you're looking at fan graphs after two starts. He showed it in the minors, and when you watch him in the minors, he attacked the zone. And he, in his first start, especially towards the end of it, you could see, like, this dude can paint the corners of the zone and he admitted himself. And it was funny. They did like an interview with his dad during the game. And his dad was like mad. He's like, he's nibbling too much. Like this is not his best. Like he needs to do better. And they asked him about that after the game. He's like, no, he's right. Like I was a little bit, you know, nervous about throwing in the, but throwing in the strike zone. So the walks may look higher than usual. And the strikeouts look lower through two starts. This guy has great strikeout upside. I don't think he's going to walk anywhere near the number he has. I love I love the the pickup. Only owned in 23% of ESPN leagues. This is a guy that was not on top 100 list but absolutely will be. And maybe he is I I don't keep up with all the updates and who's done what and where he is but he's somewhere on top 100 list and a lot of people say he's one of if not the best um le- lefty starting prospects. And I believe that. All right. I I have a few worries about Andrew Abbott. Congrats, Andrew Abbott, on two amazing starts. And I believe that he will continue to be a decent pitcher. But my concerns for Andrew Abbott are that he is a fly ball pitcher. 
pitching in Great American Ballpark. Yeah. And not just a fly ball pitcher pitching in Great American Ballpark, but a fly ball pitcher that's a rookie pitching in Great American Ballpark. So far, he has let up 50% hard contact through two starts. Yet to let up a barrel, though. Congrats to Andrew Abbott on doing that. Like, that's really hard to do through two starts, not letting up a single barrel. But I just worry that some of those hard-hit fly balls are going to start turning into home runs here quick, and they did in AAA. Before he came up, he was dealing with some some home run issues. Um, and I could see that becoming a problem. But for now, in deeper leagues, I say stream, but be kind of weary of where you're pitching him. Like, if he's going yes. against a good lineup, I would definitely not be starting him. If he's going up, and definitely check splits when you're talking, when you're looking to start Andrew Abbott, like, go to Fangraphs, split by team and by against left-handed pitching. Because, like, Milwaukee, for example, that was his first outing. Like, Milwaukee does not hit lefties well. St. Louis does. So I'm impressed by that start. Um, But, yeah, definitely, I'm not like, wow, Andrew Abbott is here. He's Bryce Miller level. I got to see more, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, another guy that you may hunt matchups for, Somebody who I recently picked up, Nolan Jones, mm. playing outfield in Colorado. I think we touched on him a little bit, but we wanted to dive in a little bit more. Um, he's hit two home runs this past weekend, 348, 400, 630 since getting recalled. Four home runs, or excuse me, three home runs, four stolen bases in 14 games. The expected stats look worse. It's small sample size, 92.2 average exit velo. I think this is the type of player that you can stream at home when he's in Coors because he is going to rake at Coors. I really believe that. And he's been playing against lefties. He's a lefty bat. He's been playing against lefties. And yesterday, Saturday's game, I know it's Ryan Weathers. We can talk about what we think about him. But lefty on lefty, he took him out to right field. And it was just a beautiful swing. And Nolan Jones just barreling up the lefty on lefty to 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 take him oppo was was kind of fun to see but only owned an eight percent of leagues i think that this is a guy that was awesome in triple a was a former top 100 prospect has a new start in colorado and i'm kind of i i haven't been a 10 man league so i picked him up to just just to see what what could happen over the next couple of weeks play him at home and i i, I see him as a pretty good option I mean, like, legitimately, who are you taking right now? Nolan Jones or Ryan McMahon? Um, I have I think Nolan Jones. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it's M- – McMahon could also, like, he's the type of player that goes on two-week stretches where he just strikes out and does nothing else. All right. Well, here's why I'm bought in on Nolan Jones, Clay. Well, what he did in AAA this year should be – a very good assessment for what he can do in the big leagues. 25 years old in AAA. I get it. He's an older, not even a prospect really anymore, but he's, you know, still very, he's still kind of a prospect. In AAA, 12 home runs, five stolen bases. He hit 356. That's in 39 games. You don't just do that by accident. Um, his line drive rate in the minor leagues was 30%. He's come up now. His line drive rate sitting at 33%, obviously super small sample. But if he's going to continue to hit line drives, he's going to continue to succeed in Coors Field, on the road, anywhere. He will succeed if he's seeing that many line drives. Um, the other, so if you can't pick up Nolan Jones on your real fantasy team, 
I would consider going over to so rare and picking him up on so rare because you can get his limited card right now for $8, which is a steal. He's averaging 10 points per game on so rare right now. And hitters that are hitting in course field, um, just are great for fantasy production, and I would expect him to 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 stay up here. Um, so yeah, go over to So Rare, join our league, obviously. But I would recommend if you're like, if you've been playing So Rare for a month now, and you've been just playing the free to play product, I would recommend um, thinking about investing some money in So Rare, collecting some cards, and Nolan Jones would be one that I would go for. Clay, I want to talk about. Oh, Tristan sorry. Costas. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. Before I get into next guy on the waiver wire list, AJ Smith Shaver, 16% owned. I want to kick it over to you being pitching guy. This guy, if no one knows who he is, really young, um, kind of a crazy story. I believe he had one start in double A this year, one start in triple A before he was called up to the majors. First outing was out of the bullpen. They're going to use him in the rotation some. I, I don't know what to do with this name. But I know that from everything I've heard, everything I've seen, that small sample size I've watched, he is talented. Is he somebody that that you see sticking? Like, what have you seen so far? I haven't. I actually have not gotten to watch him. But from what I've read on Twitter from Aram and other prospect people, he's risen through the ranks like crazy this year. Um, he was a little bit of a people were a little worried that he was a product of that Southern League baseball that the sticky baseball that's, you know, making everybody a robot pitcher. And, um, but he's looked amazing all year. My only concern with this is, well, one, he's 20 years old Two, he only threw 70 innings last year. Um, and that's at rookie ball level. Yeah. So it's crazy to me that he's coming up and starting for the Braves right now, but also just how long is he going to start this year? Yeah. Like, there's no way they're going to let him throw beyond 50 innings. Like, I don't know. Yeah, he's kind of in that category with like Abbott and Wu. And, um, you know, it seems like every week or every two weeks, there's like a few rookies that come up. It's like, I'm going to pick them up, see what happens. And you're either going to drop them or they option. Stick. Yeah. Great streaming option, if anything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like definitely you can pick them up. I think you can pick them up for the next couple weeks and see if he sticks in the rotation. I think that's totally fine. Uh, Clay, can I talk about Tristan Casas real quick? That was yes. like the last player I wanted to talk about on my little like rookie update. He's quietly been hitting very well over the last month. Um, I didn't want to go too deep into Tristan Casas because we've talked a lot about him, but I just kind of wanted to give an update because we have talked a lot about him. So over the last month, he's hitting 268, four home runs, 25% strikeout rate, 14% walk rate. That's a 128 WRC plus over that that span if you're in an on-base percentage league i think he's in a huge asset even if you're in an you know a standard five by five league 268 average and there's plenty of pop in there um the at-bats have just looked so much better more confident from casas he's being more aggressive um so yeah he's starting to turn the corner man over the last week i think he's hitting yeah it's it's been it's been a great week for casas so um definitely put him on your watch list colby before we get out of here I want to ask you and the people about the two trades I made this weekend. Oh, I have streamers too, but do your trades. Okay. Okay. So the two trades I made, I needed to shake up. I'm five and four, needed something different, you know, just needed some new mojo with my team. I traded 
Juan Soto in a in a standard points league, ten man league. Juan Soto for Bo Bichette. I needed a shortstop slash second base. I already have Corey Seager, so now I have Bichette and Seager, which is just a fun watch. And then I turned around and traded Aaron Nola for Julio Rodriguez, who homered in his first. He was three for three for five with a home run in his first game on Team Snowden. What do you think of those trades? Good, bad, and different? Even I cannot believe that you traded Aaron freaking Nola for Julio Rodriguez. And I don't mean that in the way that, like, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe that you pulled that off. Julio Rodriguez, yes, he was struggling to begin this season. But are you kidding me? He's still giving first-round value, 12 home runs, 12 stolen bases, plenty of run production. Yeah, he's hitting 250, but I expect that to go up. Like, he's doing everything he was doing last season. It's just been a small sample, maybe some bad luck involved. Like, he's going to heat up like crazy, and I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes the year with more home runs than he did last year. The crazy thing about it is, like, those online, like, trade analyzer things, it was really close in terms of their value and actually gave Nola, like, one point more, which I was surprised. And Soto... Was you traded the guy that has a 4.6 ERA? I'm just telling you what the trade thing said. What is this guy doing? I well, okay. So I also have to mention I needed to drop a player, so I threw Royce Lewis into the trade, which I was going to drop. So the guy wanted Royce Lewis as well, which I kind of like Royce Lewis as a flyer option, but um, I threw him in because I was going to drop him as well. That's just insane. And I do love trading uh, Soto for Bichette because I'd argue the Blue Jays lineup is better for Bichette to to create runs. And also he's going to get a ton more steals for you. And the power has been similar. I want, you, you know what I always say? I want to make this fun. My league, if I win, I don't get anything. So I want to make it fun. Like I love watching Bo Bichette more than I like watching Juan Soto. Um, and Julio is like one of the more electric players to watch at 1 a.m. on a Tuesday night or whatever, you know, it's fun. So get into your streamers though, before we get the people out of here. Yeah, definitely. So a couple quick ones. Uh, Garrett Whitlock is going against the Rockies on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. Um, It's at Fenway. The Rockies are abysmal um, outside of cores. They have a 646 OPS overall, but Whitlock, has looked very, very solid. He's coming off of six and a third, six strikeouts, um, one earned run against the Yankees. He had a not-so-great start against the Rays, but who really does have a good start against the Rays? And then the start before that, five innings, four strikeouts, no walks, one earned against the Diamondbacks. So I think this is a great spot for Whitlock against Colorado, um, which means he probably gives up five earned to Colorado. But it is a great spot for Garrett Whitlock yeah, here. Uh, a deep league one. You're looking for something really deep. I have Yanni Chirinos. Um, he has been, you know, sneakily good. Like he doesn't. And he has a two start week, I believe. He's not a uh, quality start candidate by any means, but he should be a candidate to get a win on a raised team that just steamrolls anyone. Let me. I kind of. I'm forgetting who he pitches against here, real quick. Um, he gets the A's. Yeah. So if he can't dominate the winner of four in a row, Oakland athletics, are you still following? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I watched the game yesterday. 
good. All right. Wait, I have one more player I did want to cover, actually. Shoot, before we get out of here. Um, Michael Harris has been a guy that's been dogged for most of this season because he's been really, really struggling. Um, but I feel like he's like on the verge of a breakout. I'm not gonna say he's about to break out, but like I feel like he's starting to get the bat going just a little bit. Like two home runs over the last two weeks. Um, yeah, he's still striking out 30% of the time, which is too high for him but i just feel like he's still hitting the ball hard i feel like he's on the verge of a breakout here so yeah. i don't hate him as a buy low candidate because you could probably get him for like virtually free right now and that's all upside um down the stretch like you remember what he did last year he went 2020 as a 20 year old um and i think that is still there for him so definitely somebody that i wouldn't hate buying low on right now i like it i like it that gonna do it that's it. Sounds good, brother. Hey, just baseball merchandise. Colby and I are both rocking the same shirt today. How embarrassing. Go buy it. Go buy it. Just Fancy Baseball. Thank you for listening, everybody. Adios.